When last we met the Quixotic Quartet, Gary was still playing with his willy. Phil was feverishly looking up who Bill Matlow is. Mark was already through season two of Batman 66. Will Darren talk about anything other than Adam West in this episode? Let's find out now as we return to the Battle Scanners Batman Special Part 2. Welcome to the Panel Scanners. We are the podcast that the internet needs right now, but maybe not the one it deserves, or did I get that backwards? I can never remember which way it's supposed to go. We are here continuing our conversation about Batman. Tonight we'll be discussing our least favorite Batman adaptations, our favorite Batman adaptations, and who's your Batman. So with me tonight are... Phil? Hello, 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 hello. Hello, Echo. A lot of hellos. (laughs) Thanks for that, Phil. Gary, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I am doing well. Just had a banana, so I'm no longer hungry. (laughs) I can see you kept the snacks fitting to the theme. I appreciate that. We were talking about the rogues gallery. I would have had it because I was eating mixed nuts. Ooh. Aaron, how are you doing? They may be drinkers, Robin, but they are still human beings. I know what that's from! I know what that's from! (laughs) And Gary is so proud of himself right now. (laughs) I I know something! I have that as a text message alert, by the way. Do you really? I do. (laughs) Honest and for true? Oh yeah, I wouldn't lie about something like that. Uh, Darren likes his... uh, customizing his text message alerts that's for sure i do the exact same. No. <laughs> i just changed mine the other day actually i think i'm gonna need some batman ones in the near future nicely done all right so gentlemen we are going to discuss first our least favorite batman adaptation here you go oh that's the wrong so, one. never mind there's, I, I'm just going to throw this out there. Any, anybody here, show of hands, not have Batman and Robin? <laughs> I do not. Okay. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> so uh, the rest of us have Batman and Robin. <laughs> Why don't you guys go ahead and start? <laughs> All right. Well, I'll start by saying that I had another runner-up for least favorite adaptation, and that was the uh, 1947-15-part theatrical movie serial, which ends up just being really bad World War II propaganda with really bad costuming, really bad directing, really bad fight scenes, really bad racial slurs, and just really bad all around. (laughs) I saw pictures of that, but I, I didn't really delve in any deeper. Uh, there is a scene where Batman comes diving through the mini blinds at some guy that's holding a gun on a dude in an office, and Robin falls through the roof at another guy, thug with a gun, and Robin literally falls from like 15 feet high, lands on his butt, and then gets up and starts fighting the guy. I always like the costumes where they have the flaccid bat ears. Oh, God. Oh. That's like, this is hilarious because like they, they're fighting and they go fighting off screen, but it looks like they're actually waltzing or something because they're all holding hands and like twirling around trying to wrestle control of the guns. Uh, so it sounds like Bollywood Superman. Oh, uh, it's some of the worst choreography I've ever seen in my life. 
Anybody else have anything they want to throw in before we discuss Batman and Robin? <laughs> and then we'll let Darren have his time in spotlight after. I mean, I, I've got a couple, like, dishonorable mentions, but I don't really have a lot to say about them. So, I, I no, not really, I guess. All right. Phil, you got anything you want to throw in? Not really. I, I struggled to find anything that didn't make me feel close to as bad as uh, Batman and Robin, so... <laughs> understandable Darren do you want to give us your first runner-up then my first runner-up I did I will say it's um the opposite and the the attempt at the Batman 66 revival which was I believe called Legend of the Superheroes a two-part special on CBS that tried to bring in all of the other superheroes including Adam West and Burt Ward as Batman and Robin and it was a travesty worth a look though for some laughs all right, so is that the Batman version of the Star Wars holiday special? Uh, it could be. Could be. Oh, that bad. It's pretty bad. Oh god. All right, well, I'm gonna say my my other true runner up is Batman and Robin, and believe it or not, that is not my number one least favorite Batman adaptation. I don't I don't know how that's possible, but okay. Um yeah, we'll get to that. So <laughs> My, my, my runner-up, and, and for as many redeeming qualities as it had, was Batman 66. Because as I had mentioned earlier this month, you know, depending on who Batman is to you, you know, if, if, you, are, if you are Dark Knight, then the Batman 66 is just a joke. You evil, dastardly fiend. Exactly. Well, you know, I actually made the conscious decision to leave Batman 66 off of my worst of lists. Because as if you caught last episode, I talked about uh, how I hadn't seen it as a child, so I didn't get the parody aspect of it. And I'd only seen it as an adult, and it chafed, and same reasons, Gary. But I decided to leave it off this list because I think because it's obviously poking fun, it didn't deserve my ire. So I decided to just leave it off altogether. Fair enough. Okay. All right, so... uh... We got no other runners up. Uh, do we want to discuss Batman and Robin as the elephant in the room? <laughs> sure. Like we should, but I really don't want to. Like it's real. I, That's why we're only supposed to select one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to sap our strength. It's um. When the, when, the, when the actors that are in the movie know it's crap, you know, while they're filming it, um. And I know we we've we've been through this. We, you know, Schumacher. You know, basically they threw a bunch of money at him. He said, "I could have said no." You know, it was it was there to sell toys. We've talked about bat nipples. We've talked about bat credit cards. We've talked about skates. We've talked about you know just everything about it that just rubbed us the wrong way. You know, it, it wasn't as campy as Batman '66, and it wasn't as edgy as the Nolan trilogy later. It, it didn't really have a place, you know. It, it didn't know what it wanted to be, um, and, and it just it felt awkward watching it, and just and like I said, it, it did damage to you know anyone that was a Batman fan. You know, they they couldn't defend it anymore. You know, they we, we had to hide. You know, in the shadows, which was fitting. You know, but. Um, kind of. I'm kind of tired of talking about it. 
<laughs> Phil, what do you have to say? Earlier, earlier in the month, I spoke pretty impassionately about what this movie did to me um, and my fandom of of Batman as a whole. Uh, I mean, how could something be not your least favorite when it totally breaks something that you love? Um, I get looking through it in the lens of it's trying to be campy, but I don't feel like they can say that now, but I don't feel like that was the intention. Um, I feel like they wanted a, to make a somewhat, somewhat serious Batman film and it turned into garbage and, uh, it just hurts. It hurts. I mean, can you go back and go campy after, you know, Michael Keaton, even after Val Kilmer for that Met matter? Well, I mean, can can you, can you do, can you go campy? Without making it really obvious and over the top and intentional, but I mean, there were issues with Batman Forever too. Let's not forget that's oh yeah, yeah. First and foremost, that you had Jim Carrey playing the Riddler and Tommy Lee Jones playing Two Face, and nobody told either one of them that they weren't playing the Joker. Well, I think I think we also I think we fell into with I think we fell into the Jim Carrey thing um, during the time of like Ace Ventura and those that, and he played the same character. Like this is before Jim Carrey became like, you know, a more respected actor. He, he was a very bit character and that's what the Riddler was. And I mean, if you go back and watch Batman forever, it's also not very good. I think it gets, I think it gets more love simply because Batman and Robin came right after it. I think the reported uh, in talks casting before that of Robin Williams as the Riddler would have been a much better choice because he actually had some acting chops. Right, he can act. So, even Drew Barrymore cannot save that move. No, <laughs> I just like it, it was just so miserable and so painful to to watch and to think about and to think that there was a point in my life that I tried to like it. Because there was a point that I tried very, very hard to like that. Oh, well, they pushed it. But it feels that's kind of like a deadbeat parent that comes around once a year. It wasn't worth your trouble to try to love. <laughs> right. Like, it's just not good. Just not good at all. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And, yeah, you've had a bad experience there, Phil. <laughs> I mean, like I said, there's not too much more I can say other than the meltdown I had earlier this month when it came to that. It it just, it did. It really hurt. It hurt me as a comic book fan and a Batman fan that that even existed. I think icing on the cake for me is that there was the hope that Patrick Stewart was going to play Mr. Freeze and then they ended up with Schwarzenegger instead. (laughs) Yeah, but, I mean, all in all, he made a good call. That's just icing. Yeah, he did. But that was just, like, icing on the cake. You mean I could have had, like, the perfect Mr. Freeze, and I got this? Right. So, (laughs) I don't know, man. I just... At least you could have, at that point, had one standout item in a bad movie. Can you imagine Robin Williams and Patrick Stewart? Yeah. Oh, wait, no, it's two different movies. Never mind. Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. But, yeah, I've got nothing else. 
I've got nothing else you two haven't already said about Batman and Robin. As considered as just my runner-up, I'm going to let that lie. Yeah, we, <laughs> we messed up and, and really gushed about how terrible it was earlier. So, Oh, it's okay. This ended up a little more freeform because we all had Batman and Robin on there. So, Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to say my first is actually not Batman and Robin. I can give that a little bit more credit than this next one because it had the over-the-top colorful camp and obviously wasn't trying too hard to be serious, even if they did a bad job at it. I'm going to give my worst interpretation for me as All-Star Batman and Robin by Frank Miller and Jim Lee. I've heard very bad things. It is awful. Uh, It is sad because it is probably some of Jim Lee's better art in his career. Mm. But um, Frank Miller just borders on parody of himself with how dark it tries to be. It fails to do anything that doesn't take itself seriously, so it doesn't feel like it's trying to riff on his tropes. I don't think he's actually cognizant enough of his tropes to understand how comic it can be. And uh, just Batman's abusive. He kidnaps the orphan Dick Grayson and forces him to like live in his bloodied clothes and eat rats and crap like that. Uh, Batman's high-strung, emotional, over-the-top crazy, always refers to himself as the GD Batman, never just Batman. <laughs> He talks almost like a street thug. Um, I think the only way to actually save this interpretation of Batman would be to make a movie of it, cast Vince Vaughn as Batman, and play it as a dark comedy. <laughs> I'll pass on that wow. one. <laughs> I don't think that would save it, but I think that would lend it an air of comedic <laughs> bits that it does not have in the written form. So. painful. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, it's bad. I hated every moment of it. I never want to even look at any of it again. Can I just say, Mark, you're very lucky that Matt is unable to make it because in the amount of times he sits there and tells me how much I love the last Jedi, you will, you would now forever be, Oh, by the way, Mark really wants Vince Vaughn to play Batman. Oh, I know. I, I didn't think about that, but you're absolutely right. That's uh, so be ready. Look there with be ready to here. live that one down forever. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, you know, I'm already trying to live down what 14 year old CEO forever. So. That's true. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> we haven't mentioned it yet. Well, <laughs> you just did. So, um, yeah, and, and Batman was a 14 year old CEO. I didn't mention that part of All Star Batman and Robin, right? Starring a de aged well, yeah, yeah. Vaughn. I guess he was. <laughs> Which was contrasted with Harvey Dent, 15-year-old DEA. <laughs> right, that's mine. Darren, what do you have? Well, I did not want to go Batman and Robin because I had already spewed forth all the bile I think I could. And the low-hanging fruit is, of course, Batman and Robin. But I don't think... And Mark, you and I had pretty much just started hanging out around this time. There wasn't any ever a point where we thought this movie was going to be good. The writing was on the wall way before this movie hit theaters. Because everything leading up to it just looked so dumb. So, when the movie comes out, we already know. We're, we were preparing for the worst, right? We were... We I remember going to see that with Tim. We were both like, alright, here we go. And our buddy Ron Shaw was late. He met us afterwards and he says, you guys walked out like it was a funeral. I'm like, oh, it's that bad. Um, but interestingly enough, at the same time that the summer is rife with Batman and Robin, for some of us, 
And I mentioned this in the Halloween special 2017 when I did my retroactive review of Batman the Long Halloween. Some of us were getting some of the best Batman we would ever have in the comic pages. And not only that, we were about to get the revival of Batman the Animated Series, which would include classic episodes like Over the Edge. Um, some of the other ones were... Holiday Night, Sins of the Father, Old Wounds, Legends of the Dark Knight, Mad Love. So how in the blue heck did an episode get sandwiched in there called Critters? In which a farmer becomes the villain, Farmer Brown, and he creates these muscled up farm animals that run roughshod throughout Gotham City. It is so jarringly bad among the worst of the Batman animated series, something that, let's be honest, Batman the animated series is legendary. Because, But if you go back and watch, I'd say roughly 20% of those are classic, just absolute genre-defining classics. Another 20% of those are pretty awful. And then there's those that are in between. Now, of that 20%, Critters is the worst among the worst of the worst. And it's so jarring because it's sandwiched right in there between, I mean, when we were watching that show, do you remember this, Mark? When that show came out and it was back and they darkened it up a little bit, that they were hitting grand slams every weekend. Like, oh, did you see that? Oh, my God, this is amazing. Oh, yeah. oh this is good. Holy crap, what was that? Critters. Yeah, that, I I blocked that episode from my memory. I forgot how bad that one was. So because that of, of the pedigree that stands before it and after, and because Batman and Robin, we've said enough, my least favorite on-screen Batman is the episode from the animated series revival, Critters. So that was, that was the one that ran during the uh, Batman Superman hour on weekends, right? Yes. That was like season four, technically. Yeah, it was kind of like, I don't know, really, I mean, yeah, it's season four. So when Batman was black, he had the black outfit. Yeah, and the Batmobile the black was and the gray, more streamlined. Joker ended up looking like one of the Warner Brothers. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> you had uh, wow. Tim Drake as Robin and, and, Night, and Batman, right. and Nick, Dick Grayson had gone on to become Nightwing. and Nightwing mullet, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm all yeah. in Nightwing, that's right. <laughs> yeah, but that, that one, yeah, it's, it's hard to contrast that one with Over the Edge, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and it's funny, as, as time's gone on, Mad Love is the one that, to me, is, I mean, that's about domestic abuse. Yeah. And Critters is in there. <laughs> it's like, how? All right, yeah, woo! Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> See, I have to go and watch that now. Thanks. You do not. <laughs> We watched it so you don't have to. Thank you. All right, so uh, we'll move on then to our favorite Batman adaptations. And uh, it shouldn't be much of a surprise when I say my first runner-up is Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. That this came out of the ashes, as we've discussed, of Batman and Robin and surpassed expectations in ways I don't think anybody expected when Batman Begins came out. And I know... Uh, the Dark Knight Rises has gotten its share of flack from people, but I, I still count the whole trilogy as being fine. It's, you know, was it the strongest note to end on? No, it, especially considering it followed The Dark Knight, which is brilliant. And uh, But, you know, the whole trilogy as a package makes me pretty darn happy as a Batman fan, so that's my first runner-up. 
my second runner-up is going to be something Phil talked about last episode, and that is the Batman Arkham series of video games. Those revolutionized, as we discussed before, comic book video games. Uh, it brought back Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy, two of the iconic voices from the animated series, giving it the effect of kind of a darker, grittier, PG-13 rated animated series spinoff, maybe even R-rated at points for violence. And uh, it kind of took the more comic booky incarnations of the character, but married it with things we were familiar with. So uh, between the gameplay and the voice acting and the storylines, that's my number two uh, runner-up. What have you got for us, Gary? Well, no, I I, uh, I had only played Arkham Asylum, so I, we, we had just started Arkham City, so I never even really made it through that one. Oh, that's the pinnacle of the trilogy. Yeah. Um, my first runner-up uh, for favorite screen adaptation, Batman Beyond. Oh, good call. Yeah. Um, I think the draw to it was that it was literally new. You know, I, the fact that you know, I had read a couple Batman comic books, you know, back in my early teens, um, you know, Batman 89 saw those, but there's a lot of Batman I missed. So if I got into a discussion with somebody, there's a lot of stuff that happened that I just didn't know about. So Batman Beyond was new. If I was talking with someone about Batman Beyond, we had the same information and it was just a good series. Um, you know, it, it had some throwbacks to the animated series. You know, as far as relationships between characters, things like that. Um, just an enjoyable show. The Dark Knight Trilogy comes in at my number two, you know, as a package. Um, that That is my that is my, my Batman of sorts. You know, that that is, I guess, what I thought Batman was supposed to be. You know, and again, as you said, coming off of Batman and Robin, you know, it, it was so much better. You know, you, you felt good about Batman again. You know, something that you had to hide from from a long time until the heat, you know, dissipated. But that, the movie, like I said, Batman was not one of my, my big properties. But when that first movie ended, I stood up and gave the movie screen a standing ovation. It was fantastic. That's it. Well, speaking of uh, Batman Beyond, how about that intro for that one, too? Sure. No, I was going to mention that that awesome scene where you're month, coming in across yeah. the water and you get the old Gotham buildings out of the rain and the fog, and then all of a sudden you get the shot as it transitions to the big anime neon covered building. Techno- yeah, yeah, good intro. <laughs> as good that intro. full theme kicks in, oh, what a great, what a great intro! It blew my mind. I was like, okay, I might be in for this. I wasn't in. I think I am now. <laughs> yeah, and just the whole setup and the premise of, of the series, you know, Batman. Brilliant you know, couldn't handle it and pulled a gun on somebody and then he realized he just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, that, so. that was, it's a great premise. And if you haven't checked it out, highly recommend it. Yes. Phil? Uh, very quickly, uh, my first is the Dark Knight Trilogy. You guys talked on that plenty. Uh, same reasons, really, kind of filled that void that was left behind after Batman and Robin. Um, I, again, I'm not an apologist for that third film, Um think it's lacking for sure but those first two are just unbelievable um my second honorable mention is batman the animated series which was mentioned earlier this month by me with its intro as a collection it's very good there are there are episodes that aren't the best 
but as a grand scheme of something that ran that long and something I have such a fond memory for, I actually rewatched a good bit of them uh, a couple years ago um, when we were talking um, about the anniversary of the show um, and just found the love for it all over again and got about halfway through and just time uh, ate away at me. But it was just, it made me remember that like, comic book cartoons can be very good and and that just screams that and, and it gives such a adult look at something um in a format that is still relatively friendly for kids i mean darren mentioned the domestic violence aspect of like harley quinn and joker that you wouldn't necessarily pick up on as a kid but you can see it as an adult and there's just so many great themes throughout um there, there's just no way if you're a Batman fan you've not checked the show out so I mean it, it obviously fits Darren <clears throat> my honorable mentions begin with a video a short video that set the pre-YouTube internet ablaze Batman Dead End director Sandy Cholera created a short film that is perhaps still features the best live-action Batman costume I've ever seen, a worthy Joker, and oh, Predators and Aliens. Dead End is probably still the third best Batman movie, and at least in the top three for both Predator and Alien, too. My number two for favorite Batman screen adaptation is Batman 66. It is now, has been, and forever shall be a vital piece of my childhood it is that which introduced me to Batman and Robin. It figures in at number two is because you watch two or three episodes back-to-back, both two-parters, and you get it done in about an hour. And you probably want to stop there. Take a break. Come back in a couple days. Um, it's a good thing to, to put on when you're not sure what else you want to watch. It's perfect. You're going to love it. It's not a binging show, um, but it is forever forever very close to my heart so those are my two runners up for a favorite batman screen adaptation hey real quick before we get into the number one uh does anyone else have a, a fan made video or film as their number one mm-hmm. okay good no. did anybody see the batman star wars crossover video oh yeah oh the with the uh the Epic fights or whatever it was. Yes, superpower yeah. beatdown. I've watched all of Super those. Superpower beatdown. Yes, really fun. That was There's some amazing series. <laughs> that they. Do I such didn't a think great that job. qualified for any of this, but that was an amazing watch. It's it's real short, but it's done so well. I I got chills when he manages to to uh, deactivate the cell, and then you see it's Superman in the cell. You're like, oh, and it, just what he does to Darth Vader. You're like. Well, that answers that question, doesn't it? He's in your yeah. armory, sir. And he whips out the, the lightsaber. Yeah. It depends on which version of it you watched. They filmed two endings. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen them <laughs> both. But... All right. Didn't mean to interrupt, but I just wanted to no, throw that in. Before we... No, superhero one. beatdowns, Batman yeah. versus Darth Vader was fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm going to go into saying that my number one favorite adaptation flows off of something we've been talking about a lot last episode, and in this one, Batman the Animated Series. Uh, Batman the Animated Series uh, revolutionized things for me as far as cartoons and comics. As we stated, it is 
something that ingrained itself in my head for not only the theme music, the art direction, but also the voice acting, especially Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. Uh, those two are now the voices I hear always in my head when I read anything Batman. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. stemming from that, we got the theatrical release, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, which I do not think anybody will ever make a live action movie I will like better than that. It is everything I have ever wanted from a Batman movie. It has a great Batman. It has a great Joker. It has a good romance story on the side, surprisingly. It has a wonderfully well-thought-out plot with some twists and turns. It is just beautiful, and I I can't speak highly enough of it. I absolutely adore that movie. Uh, I have owned it in every home video format it has been released on. And uh, yeah, it's just that is my definitive Batman film for all time. I think I, it's going to take a lot to displace that from the top of my list. I have not watched that in years. No, I really no. need to again. They re-released oh, it in the in the theaters uh, about three years ago, and I, Lily and I, went it al- and saw it. It also comes in the box set of uh, Batman the Animated Series on Blu-ray, along with uh, Sub Zero, and I think is Mystery of the Batwoman in there. I don't recall. No, See, it's just those two. It was Mask of Phantasm and Sub-Zero. Just don't buy a lot of physical Blu-rays anymore, so... Yeah, I just don't trust licensing for digital stuff, so things like that that are really close to my heart, I want to own a copy that I know I'll be able to watch. No, I agree there. If someone just decides not to let you have it anymore, it's gone. Yeah. You're right. Right. Well, my number one is also Batman animated animated series. Um, as, as Mark said, the, the voice acting alone... Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, you know, those are the voices I now read in. You know, everywhere those two have gone have been gold as far as Batman goes. Um, well, I mean, there was that CW thing. Where they got Conroy in there. That, I don't know if that was really great, but everything else, amazing. Scratched um, an inch. As Mark also said, Mask of the Phantasm. Probably one of if not the best batman movie i've ever watched the series alone is probably one of the few cartoon series that i remember specific parts as well as i did from the old transformers g1 series um like i don't remember entire episodes but i remember scenes and they were just done so well that they've just stuck with me decades later so my favorite screen adaptation, Batman, the animated series. Hey, even, you know, you've got a lot of even great, I just want to throw in, not beyond, you know, Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy. You've got Richard Mall as Harvey Dent. You've got, was it Adrian Barbeau as Catwoman? And just the whole voice cast, the, you go down the list, there's so many great actors in there. Just give it their all. <laughs> it's, it's really good. <clears throat> One of my dream Halloween costumes is the Grey Ghost. Oh, yeah. Oh. Nice. You guys remember who voiced him, right? Yeah, Adam West. Yeah. I got to show you guys at some point. I have a Batman the Animated Series board game. What? Uh... <laughs> when I uh, finish unpacking, I'll show it to you. It's a lot. And there is a gray ghost figure. Is there? Oh, that's so cool. I might need to hunt one of these down. <laughs> there, yeah. was a, there was a fan film that was in production a while back. They were trying to make a gray ghost series because that's what the gray ghost was he was a tv series that bruce wayne grew up watching right and uh i checked in on it maybe six months ago and they're like we're still doing it which pandemic shut us down and 
So I hope they end up doing it. It looked really, really cool. Their costume looked awesome. Nice. All right, Phil? Yeah, so mine uh, has been previously mentioned as well. Uh, the second game in the Arkham game series, Arkham City, is my absolute favorite. For many of the reasons that um, I mentioned Arkham Asylum uh, earlier this month, but other reasons as well as the voice actors and the music that went along in it. Uh, a lot of the actors from the animated series, Kevin Conroy's Batman. We have Mark Hamill's the Joker. Um, well-known uh, voice actor Troy Baker was Two-Face. There are lots of very, very, very strong voice actors. And it was the first truly open-world game that I was able to let myself fall into. And it bettered what asylum did for the game as a whole i spent more time than an adult me would like to admit hunting down all the ruler trophies and just delving deeply into the city that they built and how even though it wasn't gotham itself it felt like gotham i know you got a little more of actual gotham in the next game but this one just felt so much better and again it just perfected that feel of what Batman should feel like and it, it just fits for me. Um, truly one of my deepest loves of gaming came from this series and I'm excited that they are going to keep pushing forward with the feel for it. Hopefully what they're putting out soon is uh, is good because they have very big shoes to fill. But uh, definitely Arkham City and, you know, gives me a little more Kevin Conroy, Batman, which is always a positive in my mind. Yeah, and speaking on that note, have you seen the tie-in film, Assault on Arkham? No, I have not. That's that's actually a really good one. If the first Suicide Squad movie had been half that good, it would have been phenomenal. <laughs> it's uh, good. Yeah, it's it's a good. Uh, it takes place in the Arkhamverse and involves the Suicide Squad and has the uh, return of Kevin Conroy as well. So he plays a small role in it, but it's it's a fun film. I recommend checking it out. Darren, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are us? you? I'm I'm good. I'm good. What are, what are you going to give us as your number one here? Well, I already went Batman '66 as an honorable mention. So yeah. what do you think it is? The animated series. Yep, you got it. Batman the animated series outside of like, the comics. This My question was is facetious. the best translation of Batman to date. It gives the Batman fans everything they could ask for. Um, if you want super dark Batman, you're going to get it. If you want a little bit of a lighter shade, you're going to get it. It's everything in between. You guys did a great job summing it up. There's so many moments in that series. It's too many to count. Um, Robin's Reckoning, I think. We did our favorite episodes a while back, and Robin's Reckoning, I think both Tim and I had Robin's Reckoning as our favorite. Um, that's just such a beautifully animated episode. You totally sympathize with Robin. And I even get chills, like the very last scene in that where Robin's mad um, that Batman won't let him get his revenge and Batman says it was never about revenge. It was about you, Robin. That man took everything from you, and I couldn't bear the thought that he would take you too. And you're just, it's just so beautifully rendered. I mean, you can just list off some of the highlights of that series. Heart of Ice, 
great, just heartbreaking episode. The most, um, one of the most talked about episodes too. Um, and established that, what we now know as the canonical Mr. Freeze origin. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Robin's Reckoning. I mean, just name some other ones. I mean, it's it, it just, I mean, I'm kind of a drawn a blank all of a sudden right now. Yeah, it's funny that, Over the Edge on Leather Wings. I mean, on Leather so Wings, yeah. Um, I mean, this show's where we got Harley Quinn. Yes. Yeah, you're right. That's a great point. This show's where we got Harley Quinn. Um, and, oh, Feet of Clay. The clay face, the the clay oh, yeah. the face, the clay face episode. I mean, what they did with clay. And, and by the way, there's a whole the second time clay face shows up, where Batman's stuck inside, and you can see him gasping for breath, trying to bust out of Clayface's chest as Clayface is laughing at him. Like, oh my god, that is terrifying. Um, Another good actor call out, Ron Perlman. Yeah, yeah Heart of Steel yeah. with uh, the when they have the android Batman who realizes he's not Batman, and uh, I forget the name of the episode. It's it brings a tear to your eye, especially as a father and as, as those of us who are educators who know like some of our students are just, you know, they don't have both their parents. Whereas the one where the guy ends up getting like this invisible machine and he, he commits all these crimes and he's separated from his family and the mother moved away to kind of keep the daughter away from him. But the, the father finds the daughter and he's invisible. So he's talking to her and the mom never believes that she's talking to her until she's oh. in danger. Do you remember this one? Yes. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then, I remember how it ends. Oh, yeah. and then it's just, it's her talking at the end because she wanted to feel safe and she's got her Batman's all there. Right. And the mom comes in and like, who are you talking to, honey? Oh, I was just talking to Batman. Okay, honey. And then they zoom out. And Batman's perched on the roof listening to her. You're like, oh my god. Just everything about that show, which yeah. is so much love and so See no much evil heart. Was the name of the episode. See no evil, thank you. It's just very good. I just I don't even know where to begin, where to end. There's just I've over the time we've talked about this, I've sort of run out of superlatives to talk about Batman the animated series. It is the apex. And it, it to me I I know we haven't, as we were sitting here and record this, none of us have seen the Batman. And I have nothing against the movie. But it, it, we're just on this train of ultra-dark Batman that we're not going to get off. And I think Batman, the animated series, shows us you can have sophisticated storytelling with deep characters. And you don't have to keep the shade that dark. Your characters... like It feels like a lot where... From what I, the only criticism I've heard of the Batman is it, it is they it is a humorless exercise. Even in the Dark Knight, there was a joke or two. Okay, I mean, so I think that this is the best Batman because it's thrilling, it's got depth, but it's fun. It's a fun watch, no matter which episode you're tossing in there. And you know what? You got some real turds in there. And it makes you appreciate those great ones that much more. Well said. <laughs> well, all right, guys. Uh, we got one more segment to do here. And I'm pretty excited about it. I've been sitting on this one for a few years. Um, a couple of months ago, Mark and I sat down and we did a James Bond special. And one of the segments we did that I think we had a lot of fun with was Who's Your Bond? Where both Mark and I ran through the six gentlemen who uh, played James Bond uh, officially in the Eon Productions. And, well, guess what? 
Uh, James Bond has switched actors over the same uh, over uh, many years playing the same character. Batman has many more iterations, maybe three times as many iterations. So we're going to do a little Who's Your Batman, and we're going to get down to see which four of us and who we will select as our Batman. Now I will go ahead and get uh, this out right of the way if you listen to this podcast long enough. Not a whole lot of drama who's going to be at the top of my list, but we're going to take the journey anyway. Now, the list here can be as inclusive or exclusive as you care to make it. I assume that we all sort of have a different quantity here. Now, considering these lists may be longer, what we're going to do is that we're going to keep our responses down to one or two sentences until your top three, and then we're going to rotate back and forth. We'll each deliver our three, each deliver our two, each deliver our one. So, um, this is everything on the spectrum that sees Batman 66 on one end, and Frank Miller's The Dark Knight, or the darkest version of Batman you can think of on the other. For me personally, I've got 18 names for 16 spots on my list. I've got a pair of ties, but I think once I explain the logic behind these pushes, it'll make sense. Now, I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way right now. I think Batman has fared pretty well over the years in terms of on-screen adaptations. Of the 16 entries... Only three, or four, do I find myself particularly at odds with. Bringing the mind, the worst killed the genre for nearly an entire decade, and only among the best could vault the genre into another stratosphere. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and kick this thing off. Gary, you're following. Uh, and then Phil and Mark, you guys ready for this? Yeah. All right, let's do All it. right, so before we begin, I said before we begin, before we begin, Gary, how many how many selections do you have? I have uh, we'll say five. Okay, Mark, what about before you? Four and an honorable. Uh, right now, I have nine. Okay, Phil. I kept it clean at four. Okay, so I've got a lot. So I'm going to run it all the way up to my number three, and then uh, Gary, you follow me. You run it all the way up to number your three. And then so on and so forth. We ready to go here? My number 16. Dead last on my list is Ben Affleck. Now, I don't lay all the blame at his feet. I think we've covered this enough on the podcast. Not his fault. Should have been a great Batman. Um, but it's not his fault, but he did wear the costume. He probably could have been a decent Batman. Count me among his early supporters when casting met with Universal Backlash. I didn't find a whole lot resembling anything I love about Batman during his tenure. My number 15, I have a tie. And Mark, you brought this up, I believe it was a couple of weeks ago. Lewis G. Wilson and Robert Lowery, they were the first to bring Batman to life in the 1940s serials. I only rate them ahead of Affleck because, you know, they had like a couple of months of source material to draw on. And Batman only been around for a couple of years. Batman, for Affleck, had about eight decades of source material to draw on. So, yeah, there you're going to go. And my number 14 is George Clooney. Here again, like Affleck, I don't really think it was his fault. Uh, it's been universally accepted in the years since that Batman and Robin, the, the studio took it over. Uh, it was WB was responsible for the mid to late 90s color palette fiascos that became the post-Burton Keaton Batman films. Okay, so those are the selections I found that I feel least represent what Batman historically represents for me. Going forward... My selections range from indifference to those I feel are Batman's most memorable portrayals. Now, I'm interested in, to hear what you guys think about this one. 
So feel free to comment after I delivered if you want briefly. My number 13, I meet with indifference, it's Val Kilmer. You know why? I kind of forget about him. Um, he was Batman for Batman Forever, which is not a good Batman film by any measure, but sometimes eh, there's some moments in there that are watchable. I know Mark's a big fan of uh, the Robin laundry scene. Um, it's follow-up, though. Batman and Robin is so much worse than Batman Forever. I kind of feel like Batman for or Batman and Val Kilmer kind of get lost to time a little bit because what came after it was so bad. People just sort of forget about that one to some degree. Um, and there's been some renewed interest since since Joel Schumacher passed away that a Schumacher cut of Batman Forever is out there. I'd be interested in seeing it. I would. What about you guys? I, I think don't remember much yeah. about the movie. Yeah. See. I uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it could go either way with the director's cut of that one. It could either be better or it could double down on everything that I didn't like. <laughs> I I haven't rewatched like a lot of the films from that era at all, so I I don't remember it very clearly. I remember very small segments, so I don't know. A director's cut could be interesting. I, I can't really say there's anything in me that has any sort of desire or drive to watch another version of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> you, even if it was better, I don't think it would still affect me. Well, all right, let's move on. My number 12 is Jason O'Mara. Evidently, he's played Batman in eight of the, or nine, or maybe ten at this point, of the DC Universe films, and I had no idea. That says about enough, doesn't it? So that's a little bit of indifference. Now, from here forward, a level of fondness for each one of the ones that are on my a- entry. My number 11 is Reno Romano, the Batman animated series was the Batman for the millennial generation by far not the best animated series but there's some pretty good stuff in that show um my number 10 Will Arnett his I don't know how to put this I'm gonna say it his douchey take on Batman and the Lego movie and Lego Batman is what might have progressively happened to Adam West's Batman if the 66 series managed to hang on for a few more seasons my number nine is Dietrich Bader. I initially rejected Batman and Brave and the Bold, but it grew on me. Bader is the perfect young child's Batman. My number eight is Jeremy Sisto. Only one turn at voicing Batman in Justice League New Frontier, but it was memorable. His encounter with Martian Manhunter is legendary Batman stuff. My number seven is Peter Weller. He was a fitting choice to bring Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns to life, an adventure we all thought was such a bad idea given the reverence on which the seminal graphic novel had existed since 1986. But happily, what we got was as good a comics translation as we ever saw from those movies. Now, from here forth, I have a tangible fondness for each entry remaining on the list. My number six, Olin Soul. Anyone know who that is? No clue. Nope. Olin Soul was the voice of Batman most of the seasons of Super Friends and for the Batman Adventures. Simply, this means he was almost as much Batman to my childhood as Adam West. My number five, Clark Bartram. Anyone know who that is? Nope. Clark Bartram, just ahead of Batman Begins, ahead of Christopher Nolan and ahead of Christian Bale, mentioned this just a few minutes ago, was Batman Dead End. Uh, His Batman looks like batman and guess what that ain't no foam rubber suit now number 
four is a tie. And the tie is between Michael Keaton and Christian Bale. Now, really? I contend that there is still room for the definitive take on the live-action silver-screen Batman. Keaton and Bale are the two that came closest and the two names most associated with successful big-budget Hollywood interpretations of Batman. The tie here is easy to explain. Keaton, to me, is the best silver-screen Batman. He has, still to this day, I think he has the best costume in the first Batman movie. And Christian Bale is the best Bruce Wayne. So those are the names that lead into my top three. Gary, what say you? Well, um, who's my Batman? I, right off the top, I eliminated voice actors. So anything animated was taken right off the top. Just uh, personal preference. Um, Clooney and Kilmer, I didn't even want to acknowledge, so they did not make the cut. I mean, we know they're down at the bottom. My number five honorable mention, um, much like Jason Bourne was listed as a runner-up favorite James Bond, my number five honorable mention is not a Batman. Exactly. Uh, in, 19, in 1874, Johann Strauss premiered an operetta uh, translated loosely to The Bat. Um, but if you do not speak German, or perhaps if you are an uh, evildoer in the city, you would know him purely as Deflator Mouse. So, Deflator right. Mouse is my number five favorite Batman. Is that right, Sean? Yes. He even comes with his own uh, deflator mouse signal, but don't light it up because he will disconnect his phone and leave town for a week. <laughs> you didn't say it. I was going to. <laughs> uh, my number four uh, tangible Batman, um, Ben Affleck. Uh, don't think he was given the best source material, but I know he was a comic book fan prior to this. And much like the other Batman actors, probably... You know, did the best with what he had. And because there aren't really a whole lot of other live-action Batman, you know, I had to put somebody on the list. Number three, uh, I will get to later, because I think we're saving that. Correct. Okay. So, yeah, uh, Deflator Mouse, number five, and Ben Affleck, number four. I, I, I One of these days, I hope... I know he says he's done. I hope someone gives Ben Affleck another shot. I mean, get him a better costume. Give him some good material. Let's see what he can do. That's uh, it is unfortunate. Well, right. He's going to be in the Flash, isn't he? Mark, that's not confirmed, even though everyone knows it's true. <laughs> Phil, <laughs> mine is short and sweet. It's Adam West. It was impossible to not have a list where Adam West was at least bumping against the top three. Um, he has a very, very, very warm spot in my heart as Batman. Uh, he's just not my top three favorite. Mark. I think your mic's off. Yes, it is. My mic is now on. Can you hear me now? You can. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm going to start with my least favorites, of course. And I'm going to echo Darren with Lewis G. Wilson. I think uh, last episode I called the Batman serials 1947. Darren's correct. It's 43. 
but he was 23 years old and had a Boston accent, sounded like a bad PI stereotype. It was interesting to say the least. Um, next, George Clooney. I think he makes a great Bruce Wayne. He is probably the worst pick I could ever see for a Batman. I don't know why anybody thought he'd ever actually be good as Batman. Uh, Jason O'Mara from the new 52 DC animated universe run. I don't like my Batman to constantly sound constipated. I hate his voice. I'm so glad we moved out of the new 52 series so I don't have to listen to him anymore. Eddie Vedder as Batman. All right. Batman always sounds like he's constipated and has something stuck up his ass. (laughs) I don't like it. He's just, I've never cared for his voice and it's graded on me for years now. Uh, Moving into the middle category, I'm going to say, I'm going to put Ben Affleck in there because I think he got a raw deal with bad writing. Uh, He's a decent actor these days and the shape he got into to play Batman was really impressive and they just um, completely concealed it too i mean they, right he was huge he was already huge and then they stuck that huge costume he looked fat yeah that he was looked, a huge mistake he looked immobile yeah and it was sad because there's points where you can't see how quite the thick the costume is in certain shots and he almost looks like the arkham batman yeah and it just and it's uh, like he could have been the comic book batman yeah. i've been waiting for Oh. He could have been that Batman that you don't want to run into in an alley. You know, <laughs> you can run uh, away from him in an alley, though. Yeah. So I think he just, I, re- I agree. I really want him to get another shake because he could have been my definitive comic book Batman. Um, I'm going to put after that Christian Bale. I like Christian Bale with the physicality of the role in the fight scenes. I like Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne. I hate his Batman voice. So he only ends up in the middle for me. I, I just wish that had been a little more refined. I remember watching Batman Begins and then seeing the trailer for Terminator Salvation, was it, that he was in? And not a great movie, but he starts off the, the you know, voiceover at the beginning of the trailer talking like this. I remember when I was a child. I'm like, why couldn't you talk like that as Batman? <laughs> so uh, he's up there with me for mediocre in my opinion as actual batman representation and next up i'm gonna go with one i actually like but doesn't quite make my top three i'm going diedrich bader but not from the property that batman that darren was giving i am going for him as harley quinn batman Hmm. uh, he he voices batman in the harley quinn animated series oh does he really he plays it so straight but the lines he's given that he plays straight with sometimes are just freaking hilarious and uh, he, he does just a great job of being like the unwitting straight man in a comedy full of psychos. <laughs> so uh, that's my number four. All right. Here we go with the top three. We're going to rotate now. I'm going to guess that my buddy Mark has this guy in his top three because I haven't heard his name yet. And I wonder if he's in hit number three. So stand by. My number three is someone I've recently discovered in the last couple of years, and his name is Bruce Greenwood. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about him, too. <laughs> uh, I've been familiar with Bruce Greenwood as an actor for many years because he was in a show in 1996 I really liked called Nowhere Man. Uh, he's played. He's been in a lot of movies. I know he played uh, Christopher Pike, Captain Christopher Pike, in the new Star Trek films. Um, his Batman, uh, I'm going to say, is as I long ago came to realize... 
that outside comics, Batman works best in animated form. Greenwood, the Batman for Young Justice, Under the Red Hood, Gotham by Gaslight, is now the go-to guy outside of the great Kevin Conroy. Another name I'm sure we are just soon to discuss at length. And I'll leave it there for others to discuss him as well. Gary. My number three, and again, this is not how I envision Batman, but this this man has a place in my heart just because he got there first. I'm referring to Adam West. Um, I hear his voice no matter what he's doing, and I will associate it with Batman. He has parodied Batman as Catman, as a number of other things in other cartoon series. Um, that, that I mean, that that's the first he's done. I, I think he's done other things. But that's, I will always associate Adam West with Batman. Family guy. Um, <laughs> other actors I will associate with other things. But Adam West is only Batman to me. So he's my number three. Phil. My number three, although I absolutely hate the Batman voice, as uh, Mark referenced earlier, is Christian Bale for... Uh, just the fact that those uh, Nolan films will end up brought me back into loving Batman to the way that I do again. Probably still not to the peak that I was at one point in my life, but um, that interpretation of Batman, um, his Bruce Wayne is very good. And like uh, Mark referenced already as well, the the fight scenes and uh, there's just some unbelievably great moments in that trilogy. And I would feel hard pressed to not have him in my top three. So my number three is Christian Bale. Mark. Well, my number three is somebody Darren just referenced Bruce Greenwood. I share him as my number three. Uh, he can take over as an animated Batman voice for me anytime. I remember the first time I heard him in under the red hood and I thought, wow, that's not Kevin Conroy, but I will take that. And then I saw the credits and saw it was Bruce Greenwood, and I was doubly impressed because I've always thought he was a solid, underrated actor. Yes. I've always enjoyed him in just about everything I've ever seen him in. So, uh, yeah, I thought he did a great job in that. Young Justice is one of my favorite animated series of all time, and I love that they continued him on as Batman. Some of his uh, performance in there is very good as well, and Gotham by Gaslight was a fun one too. So I'll just leave it at that. That's my number three. Moving on to our number twos. Now, before we do, I want to say uh, Christian Bale... His voice, I think we forget that for the large part of Batman Begins, it wasn't really that much of an issue. In fact, his voice is quite good when he yanks Detective Flass off the ground in the whole Swear to Me sequence. But then, in, you know, in The Dark Knight, and especially in The Dark Knight Rises, he just won't shut up. <laughs> it's just... I, I'm going to disagree and say I wasn't a fan of his Batman voice in Batman Begins either. I just didn't find it as obnoxious as it was in The Dark Knight. I think but, that's um, where I am too. I wasn't necessarily giving it, it an good. endorsement, <laughs> but I was saying that you know uh, the worst the worst of it is in The Dark Knight Rises when he's talking to Catwoman and she already knows he's Bruce Wayne, and now they're having that witty that romantic back and forth banter, and he's like, "Didn't your father already tell you not to get into strange cars with strange men?" You're like, "Oh my God, this is embarrassing." <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'm kind of with you guys on that. I, I didn't, it's certainly not the best Batman voice, but there were times where it was effective at, at, at its, at its least. All right. 
Now, my number two, I'm sure, is going to be someone's number one. And I, if it's not Mark's number one, I'm going to have a heart attack. And it's Kevin Conroy. Feel free to say, but we're going to go on. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about him. <laughs> we'll talk about Kevin. I'll be brief. Uh, he may rank even higher than where he slides in here for me. While we may wait yet wait for our definitive live-action Batman, this is not going to be any sort of revelation. I think as time goes on, he may never be supplanted as the universally definitive on-screen Batman, regardless of genre. His range as Bruce Wayne Batman is unlike any other. He was equally adept at playing the Dark Knight as he was the Bright Knight and everything in between. I think you guys are right. You already mentioned it. His is the voice you hear when you read the comics. Same here. Always has been. Um, I don't know if this is true, but his was the first performance that I remember consciously there's a Bruce Wayne voice and a Batman voice. And I know you could make the case perhaps Michael Keaton, but Michael Keaton virtually says nothing as Batman, so it's hard to say, which is the way to go, by the way. Anyway, uh, that's my number two, Gary. My number two, uh, the aforementioned Michael Keaton. Um, part of the reason I think that he did not go higher for me was, again, I knew him as other things. You know, where, where Adam West, I knew only as Batman. You know, I still remember Michael Keaton from Mr. Mom, from, uh, crap, what's the, uh, the gangster one he did? Johnny uh, Dangerously. Johnny Dangerously. Love yeah. that movie. As did many people when they door, screamed Johnny. about his casting. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't shoot me, Johnny. My grandma shot me once. Once. <laughs> Joe anyway, so again, I remember Michael Keaton from other things. So when I first found out that he was Batman, it took me a while to really kind of let that other stuff go. And I really don't think, I, I don't, he's, he's not my favorite Bruce Wayne. Like I said, I, I've said in the past, I don't know what I thought Bruce Wayne was supposed to look like, but it wasn't that. But Michael Keaton was the Batman that brought me back to Batman, basically. Because my only exposure, outside of a couple random gas station comic books, since Batman 66, was Michael Keaton in 89. So my number two... Michael Keaton as Who's Your Batman? Well, I agree. Michael Keaton is my number two. Uh, mostly because Michael Keaton was my introduction, really, to um, a Dark Knight live-action Batman. Um, I mean, the only interaction on TV I really had prior would have been Adam West, and that would have just been in, like, random videos that um, my father had showed me so being able to see a full-length movie of the dark knight in any form um it, it definitely did something to my young brain and for a long time uh i felt like no one would be able to replace that first michael keaton batman film i just felt that there was nothing that could be better and it just felt right. Um, I agree with also kind of what Darren said that Michael Keaton played Bruce Wayne. He didn't really play a Batman because he didn't really say much as Batman, which is kind of the way to go, right? You don't want your Batman having monologues as he's punching the Joker. That's just not the way it works. 
Um, and I think Michael Keaton fit that role perfectly. So, it, honestly, I, I he almost was my number one because when I think of at least a film version of Batman, uh, Michael Keaton is what always comes to mind because that's probably the most interaction that I've had. Uh, all the other Batman movies I've probably only seen maybe, you know, three times at most uh, versus that first one um, that I've seen innumerable times because, you know, when you're a kid, you just sit down and watch the same movie every weekend, right? So that's that was that was my Batman. Michael Keaton was that every weekend Batman. Uh, but not anymore. He's not my number one, but definitely number two. And Gary said a lot as well, so I don't have much more to say about him. So number two, Michael Keaton. Mark, I'm very curious because I'm certain I know what your number one is. So where are we? Oh, well, anybody want to guess what my number two is, given the trend we just set up? <laughs> Michael Keaton? My number two is Michael Keaton as well. I mean, 1989, he pioneered the two-voice portrayal of Batman. He really did. If you watch the lines he has when he's explaining the chemical composition and what creates a toxin to Vicki Vale when he, he delivers some other lines, he speaks in a different tone than Bruce Wayne. He seems like a different person. He brought the world a renewed and dark Batman along with a really good impression of complexity with Bruce Wayne. I mean, I listed uh, in the previous episode that I loved the I'm Batman line, but one of my favorite iconic lines from him is actually is Bruce Wayne. I love the, you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. The fireplace poker going after the Joker. I, I just love his portrayal of the character on both facets. I thought he did a great job on both sides. Um, he managed to make Bruce Wayne feel like a damaged and hurting person that needed some kind of release. And I sympathized with him. And that was really funny because, well, I was too young at the time to rage about him being Mr. Mom before coming into the role, like some people. Mm. I uh, did not think he looked anything like what I imagined Batman or Bruce Wayne, as Gary had said. I mean, the guy's like, what, 5'8"? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, but he just he blew me away with the performance. Even now, I, watch, I go back and I watch and I think, wow, he does a really good, subtle, and understated job. And knowing his acting talent... It's completely intentional. So, oh yeah, the understatement no, is wonderfully done. Okay, it's go time, everyone. Top spot. Who's taking home that strap? Now it's no surprise, and I'm not even going to bother joking around and asking if you guys want to guess. My number one is, of course, Adam West. No, I think oh. when I reveal Adam West as my favorite Batman actor. In a mixed company, I think people think I'm being ironic. Or perhaps following a trend is not too long after we launched this podcast in 2012, the protracted struggle to clear the rights of Batman 66 ended. Now there's probably even more mess surrounding that thing. And we got new merch, new comics, new animated movies, and finally the DVD Blu-ray release. But there are people on this podcast who've known me for 30 plus years who can confirm this is no irony. I love it. I've loved it for a long time. I have long trumpeted and defended my choice and did so proudly pretty much as soon as we began this podcast back in 2012. Do you remember Johnny being absolutely, completely at odds? Like, no. Right. Adam West, I'm like, he didn't. Like, Johnny, you, you don't get it. Um, he did get it after a while, I think. Now, even in terms of this podcast's tiny bubble in pop culture, what further could we say about Adam West, 
I placed him in the Thomas Jefferson position on my overall panel scanners Mount Rushmore back in the panel scanners episode 125, immortalizing him with names like Christopher Reeve, George Lucas, and John Williams were the rest on my mountain. His name alongside, belongs a lot alongside Stanley, Bill Finger, maybe Leonard Nimoy, Carrie Fisher, Donner, Baker, as those names that mean most to the foundation on which so much of what we love rests. He's there. We have spoken so often, so fondly of Wes that he seemed almost part of our extended families. And on this podcast, following his passing in June of 2017, we mourned him as such. Perhaps no one has ever embraced his place in the pantheon of Hollywood quite the way Adam West did. He was, he still is, Batman. He carried that torch for more than five decades, and I am unaware of any interview that revealed him complaining about it. By all accounts, secondhand or otherwise, West was nothing but a genuinely lovely human being. On his importance to Batman, the Batman mythos, just go look at the numbers. Given the state of Batman prior to West donning that famous cowl and belt, both of which I am so proud to own replicas of, it is no stretch to say that he played a significant role in jump-starting a renewed interest in Batman, turning the Caped Crusader into a household name. For me, Adam West will always be the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. On his take, his time as Batman... His importance to Batman and his relationship to all others who have taken on the mantle of the bat or will as time goes on. Let me close by using the man's own words. He stated, I never needed to say I was Batman. I showed up. People knew I was Batman. Gary? My number one, John Paul Valley. No, I'm kidding. Um, my number one Batman is Christian Bale. Um, after listening to all of you discuss Christian Bale, I think I've realized that the reason he is my number one spot is because the movies he was in were that good. Much like Joe Flacco signing a major contract after the Baltimore Ravens won the Super Bowl. Um, when the vehicle you're in or the team you're on wins it all, uh, you're part of that. Uh, like I said, that, that first Batman movie that we went, went and saw Darren, I stood up and gave that movie a standing ovation. And he was Batman in that film. So um, that to me, his portrayal to me, and I know you've kind of cracked on, on the voices, but that was what Batman was. It was rougher. It was dirtier. I didn't really care about his, or not care about, I didn't really care for his Bruce Wayne as much. Um, I don't know if I've seen a Bruce Wayne that has looked what I thought Bruce Wayne was supposed to be. Um, I know in past discussions, what was the, the storyline? Was it uh, Bordeaux? Who was the uh, the bodyguard that he had a relationship with? Yeah. How she had noticed he had a fighter's build. You know, I have not seen a Bruce Wayne who has the build 
of someone who's been training their entire life. You know, that, so the Bruce Wayne for me is a little iffy, but the, his portrayal of Batman is, I guess, what I envision when I think of a movie Batman. So my number one, Christian Bale. Phil. Phil. I went a completely opposite route of you, and I went for my voice of Batman, which is Kevin Conroy. The, I mean, the man literally changed the way that I read Batman in comic books because that's the voice I hear. I don't hear Michael Keaton. I don't hear Christian Bale. I definitely don't hear Adam West. I would probably laugh a little too much. Oh, God, can you imagine? Oh, my God. Just think about it. <laughs> think about reading The Long Halloween. and I am vengeance. No. <laughs> um, but Kevin Conroy just elevates the character to such a level that makes him feel real, um, regardless of the venue that it is coming from. Um, Batman the Animated Series, which we've all spoken very highly of during these two episodes, the Arkham series, um, in which, again, he voices them. Uh, man, Mark said his favorite Batman is Mask of the Phantasm. And guess what? That's Kevin Conroy. And it, it just speaks levels for him. I mean, he, he's just such a fantastic voice actor and so unbelievably perfect for both Bruce and Batman that I don't think that the animated series would have been as good without him. I, I don't think the Arkham series would have been as good without him. And that's, that's saying a lot because they're very, very good base stories and he takes it to the next level. It, I mean, it's the same as like saying like anybody could do the Joker like Mark Hamill. It's just not, it's just not true. So when we talked about doing the special in the first place and as soon as I saw that our last thing was going to be who's your Batman Kevin Conroy was the first person that came to mind so without a doubt no moving from my top spot not anytime soon unless somehow Battinson knocks my socks off which I don't think he's going to be able to dethrone <laughs> Kevin Conroy Kevin Conroy has a very very firm seat on the top of the throne I, I will admit conroy probably would have been my number one as well if i had not eliminated voice actors right off the top See, but that's the thing like i know i it, it's hard for me because although he is a voice actor i just i don't see him as that i see him as batman like i can't it, I, it, I just do i don't know it, it was it was an easy pick for me bring us home mark yeah, same here. I uh, I worked backwards from my number one, and Kevin Conroy was it. It was the only choice for me ever. I mean, from the Arkham series to the animated series to everything else, the man has followed Michael Keaton's footsteps with the 1992 animated series doing the dual voice, but taken it to a whole different level. He took the base concept and turned it into what... I believe it would be like if there was a real Bruce Wayne Batman. Uh, the man has 109 credits on his IMDb resume, 58 of which are playing Bruce Wayne Batman, including 14 animated films, eight animated series, 16 video games, and one live action appearance. 
that's that's a lot of Batman. You can tell the guy has the guy has recognized what he's known for and leaned hard into it and loves it. I mean, uh, I remember there was a story he told in one of the special features on something about uh, being he was a volunteer cook during uh, for firefighters and police during the 9-11 attack cleanup. And uh, somebody urged him to do the Batman voice. And he's like, no, no, they're not going to get it. Nobody's going to care. And so he ended up delivering the uh, I am vengeance bit from fear itself, yelling it out. He said the first responders just went crazy because he is an icon. He is Batman to a lot of us. I mean, uh, it's that that Batman voice is the definitive voice I hear, like we've said, when I read comic books. I think of some of the Christian Bale lines and how cool they would sound delivered by Kevin Conroy. I mean, I think it to myself, lines in my head like, what's different between you and me? And I think Kevin Conroy, with his sarcastic dripping occasional Batman one-line delivery with the, I'm not wearing hockey pads, instead of, you know, sounding like an asthmatic needing an inhaler. But <laughs> I just feel like uh, I, I went crazy when I it was a Cartoon Network that delivered the uh, short where they redid the trailer for The Dark Knight Rises with uh, Kevin Conroy, Adrian Barbeau, and whoever voiced uh, Bane in the animated series. Yeah. Anybody yeah. else see that? Yeah, yeah I, that saw, was, I saw that. That was pretty good. And just hearing Conroy's voice delivering those lines gave me chills. Hmm. Have any of you seen the, was it College Humor? I think it's had a couple Batman spoofs. I think one of them was Batman finding his voice or something like that. Where he was oh, yeah, yeah. The, the Batman spoofs, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Some of those are really funny, but that one's good. <laughs> it goes like the Nicolas Cage impersonation. He has like a Cockney <laughs> accent in one of them. Like... <laughs> those were funny. But yeah, I'm hopeful here. I mean, Conroy's only 66 years old. I'm hoping I have a good deal of time left with him as my Batman. Right. All right, guys. So we went uh, West, Bale, Conroy, Conroy at the top spot. Uh, most, I bet you, that's not not uncommon for a lot of uh, anyone who was going to generate a list like this. Though there is, uh, while Conroy has a lot left to do with Batman, we hope there is one name that did manage to get on all of our lists, pretty high on those lists. That's going to be doing a lot of Batman up, and especially here in twenty twenty two. And I am curious, what is level of your excitement? Because mine is pretty high. I'm really excited to see Michael Keaton back as Batman. What do you guys think? I'm excited for Michael Keaton to be back. I'm excited at the prospect of maybe giving Ben Affleck a better shot. I am not excited about Ezra Miller. I never have been, but I'll, I'll go through the movie just for Keaton. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's like, it's one of those things where it, it's. I think it, it was pretty high, maybe uh, in the top three for my What You Looking Forward To. Why in the heck is Warner Brothers still trying to convince us this movie's about The Flash? I have no idea. <laughs> um, they have. They, I think maybe they know that no one likes Ezra Miller, so we're going to surround this dude with everything you've been waiting for. Um, I'm, I'm really, really excited. I think... And I've been, I mentioned on the podcast before, and I think at some point Matt and I were in lockstep that we just didn't feel a level of excitement for the Batman, which uh, is now out. And I think I joined you guys in that sentiment too. I was like, you know, I, I, I'm aware of it. I'm hoping it's going to be good, but I just, I, I don't care all that much right now. <laughs> Part of me, and I mentioned this before, I'll, I'll be brief. Uh, it just looks like everything I've already seen. Doesn't mean it's going to be bad. Doesn't mean anything other than it just looks like everything I've already seen. We're sort of stuck in this really, really, really dark Batman. Um, but you know, hey, let's see what Bobby Pats does. 
All right. I mean, I'd be interested to see once we all see this movie, maybe take a real quick look, uh, give Matt a chance to run down his who's your Batman. And then what's all where does Bobby Pats slide in for us now? Where oh, is don't he? you mean Battenson? Hey, uh, I perfected that. Uh, but I, Phil actually used it. I, I wanted to go a little bit different. Battenson. Yeah. I'll be interested to see where he ends up falling on the list. Um, from what I've seen. Oh, and by the way, have you guys seen one of the latest trailers where I've been joking on the podcast where, he, where people, they're yelling, who are you? I am vengeance. And I've been joking like, well, why does no one call him vengeance? Well, have you seen the trailer where everyone's calling him vengeance now? <laughs> No, I haven't. Yeah, they're out there like, like Catwoman. Yeah, Catwoman's like, oh, hey, vengeance. <laughs> like, they get it. <laughs> so that's awesome. That kind of oh, okay, maybe maybe there is a level of humor in this. I, but the, I, I don't know. We'll the see. last trailer I saw for it was the Bat and the Cat trailer, where it kind of focused on the two of them. Yeah. And I'll, that one changed my mind about how I was ambivalent about it because the rapport between the two of them felt much more comic book Batman Catwoman than I've seen in a long time. I it am felt very comic booky. I thought it was really funny and you can find this on YouTube where they they showed like the, the first trailer which came out almost almost a year ago, right? And or and they were talking about Zoe Kravitz's casting and like the one of the Fox News anchors says like and it's the first time a black woman will be playing Catwoman. I'm like well, mm. oh, that was 1967, uh, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. and the Halle Berry did it like 20 years ago. Earth oh, yeah. Did... I even forgot Earth about that. It's not the same back... character, so I'm not going to really all get try to forget there. about Halle Berry. Yeah, but it, regardless, I mean. That's that's her... not Catwoman. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm surprised that they haven't uh, just taken some clips from uh, Eartha Kitt's Catwoman and Bats and Batman 66 and just made ASMR videos of her walking around purring all the time. Um, but i i don't know Uh, so hey this is a lot of fun i was i'm glad we finally did batman special we could do another one because i mean there's a lot more to talk about when it comes to batman kind of like the gift that never i want to hit a rogues gallery top list oh for sure um i mean that i i don't know i mean we'll see where this goes i'm really excited for michael keaton i i predicted this would happen um, about three years ago, and I'm going to make a call, and I think I said this once already, I think Burton comes back to do another Batman movie with Michael Keaton. I think it could happen. Um, I don't know why we wouldn't want this to happen. There's plenty of avenues for this to happen with HBO Max or wherever, and the one final thing I will hope for is I still want, as a Batman fan, and let me get through this. And Mark, this is directed towards you too. I may, I mentioned this once before. To go to Disney World and to be watching one of those parades. And while those parades are going on, look down the corner. And just around the corner comes that Batman 66 mobile. With a bunch of cast members dressed up as the characters from the Batman 66 show. Because Bat- Disney owns Batman 66 because it was a Fox production. In what would be... The biggest middle finger in pop culture history. Oh, I would love to see that, Darren. I would love to see it. Can you imagine the stones it would take? That like, all Warner Brothers just needs to do one thing. Just like take a shot at Marvel. Just just bash them a little bit, right? Like maybe the Batman makes a ton of money and they put, oh look at us. 
Batman did more than Marvel. How about that? And then there, there you go, Disney. You have all the ammunition you need. Get a replica of that car and put that sucker in the parks. I go, yeah, you like your Batman, huh? How about this? <laughs> Come on, man. This yeah, needs that would just be to advertising have... for I don't know. Yeah, but that that something like that, as cool as it would be, would probably end up backfiring. Oh yeah, it would never actually happen, but it's fun to dream about. It is definitely right. fun to dream about. Anything else before we wrap this sucker up? Anything at last things you want to say about? Still Batman? no mention of Batman Scooby Doo. Oh man! I mean, you you were you were allowed to, Gary. Yeah, go ahead, Gary. Take you it can away. mention it all you like. <laughs> no, I don't have a lot to say. You know, just the occasional was that bat cookies or bat snacks. Oh yeah, the bat cookies. I'll say this yeah. though, I still remember watching Scooby Doo, and you know how they always used to tease in the next episode. Tomorrow, Scooby Doo means Batman and Robin, and I remember going, what? Like, oh my god, my life revolved around that. And then I would always wait for it to show back up again, like when they would tease the episodes. Mamas and Papas, Sonny and Cher, Harlem Globetrotters, Laurel, no, not Laurel and Hardy, who was it? Uh, Jonathan Winters, I'm trying to think of some of the other... I don't know, anyway, that's off topic. Yeah, those those were real fun. And by the way, go look it up, the Joker was creepy as... He was. Woo! And that, I don't don't know who was doing the voice... But he he was he was unsettling in that. It was like a Romero era Joker almost. Well, yeah, it would have been about a decade later. But yeah. uh, that well, that leads oh. to me one of my one of my favorites that I didn't mention was as everyone's seen the clip from Batman Beyond where they're kind of mystery science theatering the Adam West show. No. no. Oh, look that up. <laughs> in the yeah. show. It's it's like a little one-off, one-shot thing, and it's uh, Bruce contacts Terry and tells him he's got to look at this broadcast they're getting from a multiverse or whatever, and so they start watching a video of like old Adam West Batman, and they're just like ripping on it through the whole thing. So it's uh, Will Friedel and Kevin Conroy just making fun of it. They're like making fun of the Joker's mustache. And all that. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. It's 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 hilarious. It's hilarious. And I still think if you're a fan of Batman Beyond and Adam West. Oh, I love it. 66. I love Batman, man. You'll love it. <laughs> I still think we need to get Adam West Batman in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I'm not saying he makes an appearance through the multiverse, through Doctor Strange, and you have an actor come in. No, it's so simple. Like, couldn't we get a flashback of Nick Cage just watching TV, and he's watching Batman and Robin, which gives him his sense of justice. I'm like, this is so, you can do this. It's another one of those, like, okay, have fun with your Batman, DC. Whoops. <laughs> I'll have to edit that out. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of 12-year-olds sitting around watching uh, middle-aged nerds talk about comics. <laughs> right. All right. Well, let's well, I mean, wrap they, this they sucker up Superman so I don't have to do too much. So. Uh, all right. So anything else before we wrap this sucker up? It's going gonna, it's gonna to end abruptly into Phil saying? Well, next month we have some cool stuff coming still. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about some martial arts movies, actors, all that fun stuff. Uh, we're going to get back around to Stick Stuck Pick Sayonara so we can talk about what we're reading. Oh, man. Baron has a cool little retroactive review dealing with some kung fu things as well. Um, so all that is coming in the month of April. I forgot what month we were in here, guys. Uh, so remember, as always, you can follow us on Instagram at Panel Scanners. Please drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you continue to download from your favorite podcast, Catcher. And until next time, from all of us here at Panel Scanners, enjoy your comics. <laughs>